The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. This is Jason Witter, author, illustrator of Tiniest Vampire and Monsters Eating Ice Cream, and you are listening to Aaron's Horror Show. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show Season 2, where we talk about some movies and read some fiction. If you want to go ahead and get a hold of the show, you can always contact me at Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook or Aaron Horror Show on Twitter or Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Hey, this is Jing. This is the Christmas episode of Christmas Elf Secret Agent. Heh, <laughs> we're here. It's Christmas week. Finally. The week of Christmas. The week that everything happens. Oh, I got a lot of stuff to do. Oh, ah. You take over, Kalachki. Oh, thank you. I like Aaron's Christmas show. I think I've become permanent host. <laughs> no, guys, come on. Can I have my show back? Yeah, maybe once you read our story. Yeah, your story is not done yet. It's almost done. Maybe one fourth left. Uh, you know, rest the story. Listeners want to listen, huh? O- okay, fine, guys. I'll I'll go ahead and maybe continue the story into the new year a little bit, and uh, we'll listen to the rest of the story, and and we'll at least get to finish the book. It's it, it's almost over. Oh, good. Don't, don't, don't say it, sure. People love listening to my story, huh? It should have been Kalachki, secret agent. Kalachki, his story. Uh, I, I don't really think it's your story. It is my story. Now you, you read now. Read story. I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus. Jing emerged from the utility tunnels with the two kids several buildings away from the hospital. He was wearing a large coat and a baseball cap, and pants that humans called jeans. Elf operatives carried a change of human-style clothes in case they needed to fit in with society around them. A police car sped past them heading towards the hospital. He could see the emergency vehicles surrounding the place. A slew of flashing lights almost made it look like Christmas, with the exception of the wrong colors. The trio walked opposite direction of the commotion. Amelia complained about hunger and Jing urged her forward. Eventually, after wandering through the city, 
Jing had to give in to her requests. However, it was dangerous to stop. Their faces would no doubt be all over the news soon enough, and while the elven part of him hidden under his hat, it was only a matter of time before someone recognized the kids. They came across them all, and he decided that it was worth the risk of going inside. He told the kids to head towards the food court and keep their heads down. Jing had found some cash in the vehicle he had stolen and gave it to the kids to buy some food. Where are you going? Elijah asked. I have some errands to run. We have to make this stop quick. That's better we don't go in together, Jing said. What if we do encounter an elf? Scream. I can handle the human authorities a lot easier than elven ones. Now go eat something. I'll come for you in a moment. Elijah reluctantly took his sister into the mall. Jing waited for them to disappear into the entrance. They had enough of a lead to figure that Glitter had her hands full searching the hospital building. He wasn't worried about the kids. What plagued him was how much the rogue agents had infiltrated Santa's network. Now that Jing had a little time to think, his elven adversaries had organized an assault on their hotel room rather quickly. From the time Amelia had opened the door to the arrival of the package, the only way they could have moved that fast was if they already had a plan in motion before she had attempted to go outside. He thought back to the phone call of Santa. The rogue elves were probably listening to them and then just had to look at the hotel switchboard to see what room he was in and what line the call had come from. He knew that Santa's phone had been hacked as well. When he sent the text from the car, he had inadvertently revealed his next move. While there was a high chance he'd go after the girl, they may not have concentrated their forces in the hospital if they weren't 100% certain of him being there. He needed to warn Santa about Glitter and the possible Krampus link, but it looked as if the rogue team had a tight lockdown in all communication avenues towards Santa, except for one, the letter to Santa. Children everywhere emailed Santa every day. There were droves of elves opening physical letters as well as handling all the emails Santa got daily. There was a Christmas call center located in the North Pole South that dealt with the bulk of incoming communications from children, whether it was phone, text, or email, or even mail letters. However, some messages were delivered to Santa every day in a lengthy report that included highlights, trends, charts, etc. They even read a few out loud to him in the weekly meetings. Jing knew all this because Stephen's cousin had worked his way up to management and was gushing about when he met Santa for the first time. Jing was bored by the conversation at the time, but was glad he heard about how it all worked. All he needed to do was write a letter that would make it up to Santa. Jing added purse snatching to the list of crimes he had committed since the whole debacle began. Had there been a naughty list for elves, he'd certainly be on it. However, the end justified the means, and he needed money. Getting the purse was simple. He was going to pull his dagger on a person at the mall, but Elijah was right. A weapon wasn't always the best solution. Armed robbery would have created too much of a stir. Instead, he snuck into a fitting room and waited until a woman stepped out to show her husband the fifth dress in a row. He tiptoed to her stall and swiped her purse walked around the couple as they squabbled over the husband's indifference. 
The fitting room attendant was bored teenager, so it was easy to score for a highly trained elf. He was at the counter of another clothing store entirely and used the credit card he had secured from the wallet he had found in the stolen bag. He was in the process of purchasing a new outfit for himself and the kids when the clerk said, Do you want a bag for that uh, shoebox, Miss uh, Cranston? No, you can throw away the box, Jing said. He was wearing a new outfit down to the shoes. It was a three-piece suit. That's my wife, Miss Cranston, he added. Uh, oh, sorry, Mr. Cranston, the clerk corrected himself. The employee should have been more critical. However, Jing knew that so long as he remembered the zip code, which was always easily accessible on the woman's driver's license, most people never really checked for ID. He gathered the bags for the children and set back out into the mall. The last task for his list was sending an email to Santa. He wrote a couple drafts on his phone he had found in the purse and discarded all of them. He had talked about kittens and puppies and all the stuff he felt a kid would want for Christmas, but I hadn't felt authentic enough. Any email could have been devised. He really just wrote bland email. Jing walked through the mall towards the food court. He sat down to write another draft when he had an epiphany. He couldn't write the email because he wasn't a kid. Jing really didn't know what children wanted. He only assumed it was toys and junk because that's what Christmas seemed to be all about. His whole life was dedicated to keeping toys flowing. If some mob boss wanted to make a truck of action figures disappear here and there, that's where Jing came in. However, he had never once stopped to ask if that's what the children wanted. He shoved the phone back into his pocket and made his way to the food court. After a quick scan of the seating area, he saw Elijah and Amelia eating lunch and acting like normal kids. Elijah hung noodles from his nose, and Amelia squealed with laughter and threw a wadded-up napkin at him. When they saw Jing approach, they got gravely serious. What are those? Elijah nodded to the bags. They're a change of clothes, Jing said. But first, I want to know what you want for Christmas. <laughs> what? Elijah said. Either can go first. Psychotic elves are trying to kill us and you want to know what we want for Christmas? No, I just need you to write a letter. To who, Santa? Don't you think we have higher priorities? I'm just trying to pass a message to Santa. The fat turd hasn't done anything to help us. That's because he's being betrayed. And where do you learn to talk like that? I know what I want for Christmas, Amelia said, and they both got quiet. You can tell Santa that all I want is my mommy and daddy. I know we're trying to keep him safe and all by, by staying away from them, but I wish mommy, daddy, Elijah, myself, and even Eugene could sit around and eat my mommy's pierogies. But I wish my mommy, daddy, Elijah, myself, and even Eugene could sit around and eat my mommy's pierogies. She makes the best ones every year. That's my favorite part of Christmas. Not the morning, but the night before, when we eat Mommy's pierogies. Hopefully, we'll all be eating pierogies by Christmas, Jing said as he typed away on the phone's small keyboard. He doctored up a version of Amelia's Christmas request with a few extra embellishments. He took a picture of himself with the kids and included it with the letter and, and wrote that it was a photo of her and her favorite elf. Santa would recognize him right away. 
Stephen's cousin might well, but Ching doubted it. The guy never bothered to learn his name, and always ended up calling him Twink whenever they were around. Even if he did recognize Jing, it would be even more of a reason to share the letter with Santa. To close out the prose, he wrote, You alone can deliver the presents here. Followed it with a set of coordinates and a time. He sent the email and the phone made a whoosh noise. He then told the kids they had to go. They had already spent too much time in one location. Once Glitter realized they had escaped, she would fan out and search the city. A mall would be the first place they checked. Hopefully Santa would get the email soon. Later in the afternoon, Jing stood near a booth where vendors were hurling fish through the air at Pike Place Market. There were slews of tourists laughing at the shenanigans of the fishmongers. Even though it was December, there was still enough of a crowd to get lost if Jing needed to make a getaway. He preferred that all his clandestine meetings happened in public. If Santa had gotten his message, he would be showing up at any moment without any elf entourage in tow. All Jing needed was a few minutes alone with the big man in red, and it would all be over. Jolly old Saint Nick wasn't too jolly with betrayal. Once they knew Santa was on to them, Glitter and all her friends would hightail it back to Antarctica if it was the wayward partners behind it all. Krampus may be able to sneak a few bad actors into the ranks, but the man in red controlled the show. As expected, a rotund man with a fluffy white beard stood in front of a cart a few stalls away. He was wearing a flannel shirt and overalls. Even though Jing only had a view of his backside, he was sure as Chris Kringle. He had come disguised, which meant that Santa had gotten his message. Jing gave a hand signal to get the kids, and there were a few booths away trying to sort out some local honey. Jing saw the gesture and grabbed a hold of his sister. They all started toward Santa. When Jing got up close, his intuition kicked him in the stomach, and he gave the signal for the kids to hold. The children froze. Jing wasn't sure what made him nervous, but nothing was out of place. There were no humans in the marketplace short enough to pass off as elves in disguise. He had run a series of diversion tactics on their way over in case they were followed, and changed hiding spots while they waited for a response to his email. He even made sure to keep out of the open air as much as possible in case slaves flew overhead. Despite all his caution, he knew something was wrong. However, it was too late. Santa had already turned around to face him. Jingles, I got your message and came straight away. Jing saw her at the last possible moment. Glitter was hiding in a pile of fish. She poked her head out far enough to use a green and red blowgun. A dart shot out, and the wayward SEL sprung into action. Santa, look out! He yelled and pushed Chris Kringle out of the way. However, his aim was off, and the glittery, silvery dart stuck into Santa's belly. The patron saint of Christmas looked down at the dart and said, Jingles, why? St. Nick collapsed and crashed into a pile of iced crabs. The entire display buckled under his weight and snapped. Frozen crustaceans and ice were sent in all directions. Kids, run! Jing yelled at the children, who were aghast at the situation. The children turned around and ran into Kolachki. The giant elf scooped them up with one hand and walked away. Jing, help us! Amelia yelled, and Elijah fruitlessly pounded on his abductor. Jing ran towards the kids, but was blocked when glitter emerged from the pile of fish. She pulled two blades with a finish that made them look sugar-frosted. 
She charged in, and he barely had enough time to dodge as she whizzed by. They whirled to face one another. Jing pulled his dagger from his pouch and parried a blow while jumping back to dodge another blade. He threw the knife at her hand and embedded into her palm. She screamed and dropped one of the swords. Jing took the momentary distraction to collect it. She brought down the other one just as he was picking up the blade. A loud clang reverberated through the market as the weapons collided with each other. By now the curious crowd had gathered around the fight. They had cell phones out recording the conflict. Glitter roared and swung wildly at Jing. Now that Jing had a weapon of the same length, the match was a little bit fairer. She backed him into a fish cart and he used the blade to knock off one of the wheels. He jumped out of the way and she bumbled onto the pile of ice and fish. He thrust towards her neck and she parried at the last possible moment. They exchanged more blows and fought their way through the market. He would back her into a corner and she'd find a way out. She'd get the best of him and he'd slip away. It wasn't until they had made it back to where Santa lay when the status quo changed. Jing threw out attacks, attempting to find a weakness in her defense. When his foot stepped on Santa's hand, the man yelped and sat up. Jingles, he said, pulling the dart from his tummy. Santa, Jing said, get out of here. Glitter used the distraction to knock the sword out of his hand. He attempted to leap, but his foot was stuck into the ground. He looked down, and Saint Nick was holding him in place. Glitter grinned and raised her weapon for the killing blow. Stop, Santa said, and the blade halted, a centimeter above Jing's face. I want him alive. Glitter yanked Jing's knife out of her hand and tossed it to the side. She punched him in the gut and sent him sprawling to the floor. Santa glared at her. She shrugged and whistled. Tacked elves swarmed from all directions. A few hoisted Jing from the floor. Others helped the boss of Christmas to his feet and the remaining dispersed the crowd. Santa, Jing said, you've been betrayed. I know, Jingles, and I'm very disappointed in you, Santa said. What? Jing said, but his mind was already putting it all together. Their pursuers figured out what hotel room to target way too quickly after Amelia had opened the door. Starlight had found them the moment Jing had called. The sleeping dart was another sign. Santa had woken up way too quickly. The dose he had received was meant for someone smaller, like an elf. The last bit of evidence should have been put together was the ambush. There's no way Glitter could have infiltrated his letter. Santa had been feeding them information all along. Glitter put her arm around Santa and she kissed him. Santa slapped her on the rear and said, Go help Kolochki and the kids. The little brats can be a handful from what I hear. Glitter nodded and walked away. I'm sure Mrs. Kloss would love to hear about your extracurricular activities, Jing said. Ho, 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 Santa bellowed. She's married more to the money than me, and it's been that way for years. Don't tell me you've never had something on the side. I'm sure your little butt boy you call Steven gets boring after a while. He certainly got bored of you. Ho, ho, ho. Jing struggled, but the guards restrained him. They tumbled to the ground during the scuffle. It took a couple more to get Jing under control. 
Once they had him in their grasp, Shink paused for a moment and then said, Is that why you're abducting the naughty kids? Do you think Christmas comes easy? Santa said. Sure, a workshop full of elves could fulfill the demand when most kids could expect was a little wooden bird who dips his head in the water, but times have changed. There are billions of kids on this planet and they all want toys, and not little birds either. They want advanced gaming systems and expensive shoes. Maybe I could fulfill the orders if they happen throughout the year, but I have only one day. Amazon doesn't have to ship everything in their warehouse in one day. You're just going to use the naughty kids to prop up the nice ones. It's the way of life, Jingles, Santa said. The sooner you understand that, the sooner you decide whether or not you'll be one of those schlocks who are working to make someone else rich or go into business for yourself. You know, Jing said, I think you got through to me. I think I'll go into business for myself and my first order of business will be to take you down. When Jing had made the show of attempting to break free, he had reached into the guard's pouch of one of the guards. He had gotten a hold of a sparkly silver star ornament. The thing was stashed in his belt until just the right moment. Jing threw it to the ground. Five bolts of lightning shot out in every direction from the tips of the star. The guards dropped. St. Nick had a perplexed look on his face. Your first order of business will be to take me down? He said, That's the stupidest one-liver I ever heard in my life. The other guards in the area saw the commotion and cautiously approached Jing. What are you doing? Get him, Santa bellowed. Once he had realized what the elf had done, Jing kicked the bloody dagger from that glitter had discarded. He caught it midair and reached into his pocket with his free hand. I'm sorry, Santa, he said and pulled a dark green globe from his bag. He jumped up in the air and gripped a wooden beam on the ceiling. He tossed the ornament to the ground, and it shattered. A mist snaked across the floor and curled up around the legs of everyone. Within twenty feet of the globe, they solidified into a pine tree garlands and constricted. All the tech elves and Santa clutched their legs, screaming. Jing dropped from the ground and ran. Obscenities from Santa faded as he bolted in the market. Jing headed to the direction where he saw Kalachki take off with the kids. It didn't take him long to find out uh, that there was a parking lot with several sleighs. Santos was parked in the center of a couple of elven ones. It was a magnificent sleigh with gold trim lined with bells. The famed nine reindeer were pawing at the ground of the parking lot. They didn't like the heat compared to their home at the North Pole. Kalachki and Glitter both struggled to stuff Elijah in the trunk of the elven sleigh. Jing approached the area slowly and ducked behind a car. The kid put up a good fight, but it wasn't enough to avoid his fate. They got him inside and slammed the door shut. Jing was about to formulate a plan when Glitter's communicator buzzed. She answered it, and seconds later they were both running to the driver's seat of the sleigh. What about Santa? Kalachki said. He says go, Glitter yelled. They hopped inside and slapped the reins. Jing dashed out of hiding towards them. The reindeer trotted in unison. The sleigh achieved flight quickly. Jing was almost atop of them, but he knew that he couldn't make it. That's when he thought of the tablet. He turned it on and threw it in the vessel. The craft rose into the air. The tablet landed in the back seat. 
King pulled out his phone he had stolen earlier. He typed in the website, Find My Tablet. He logged in with his shelf elf credentials, and a dot appeared on the screen. It was quickly moving south through the state of Washington towards Oregon. Jing ran from the market before any of the goons could spot him. guys uh so the elves are uh sleeping right now they're they're drinking some eggnog and uh had a lot of cookies so they're sleeping on the couch so i have a, a, a little bit of time just to be candid and, and just talk with you uh, you know i i'm i'm glad you uh have have come with me on this journey for my Christmas special. Don't worry, I'm going to go ahead and finish out the story. There's maybe about a fourth of it left, uh, so so you'll get to get to hear it out. Uh, uh, and then back to Aaron's horror show as usual. You'll get to hear some cool uh, horror reviews, and 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 I really can't wait to review Sabrina. Uh, yeah, you heard me right, Sabrina. The Teenage Witch, oh, but not the Teenage Witch, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Ooh, Chilling Adventures. Yeah, this is like, this is like, you know, y you think of the 90s of Melissa Joan Hart to, oh, this is a goofy Sabrina. No, this is not your goofy Sabrina. This is some dark stuff going on, and it, it, was, it was a fun little ride. But I'm not going to get into that. I'm going to wait until we get back to the horror. For now, Christmas special and a Christmas special that goes into the new year a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, enjoy. I hope you're enjoying it. I'm having fun reading it. If you want to go ahead and hear, you know, a professional actor, uh, not myself, who is not very professional, just more of a writer than an actor, but uh, got some theater experience, so you know, bring that to it. But if you do want to hear this with a, a professional actor, uh, you can go to Audible right now, grab Christmas Elf Secret Agent, and get it for free. Sign up for their free month. You get it for free, and then you could cancel after the free month if you want. That's fine. Uh, AaronFrail.com, there's a link to all the audiobooks that I have there, so you can you can go there if, you, if you'd like. Uh... I also have an email list, and I'm going to be doing this Kickstarter project in uh, January, which, you know, it's not quite as horror, but I, I want to mention it now so so you know. Uh, it, it's fun. It was something that I was kind of invited to be a part of, so I'm very grateful for that, and, and I think you, you, might, you might dig it. So I'll, I'll mention more details in the future. But yeah, thank you guys for listening, and, you know, happy holidays, man. Just go out, spend this week with family and friends and, 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 and loved ones, and yeah, man, and women and kids of all ages and animals and spirits, too. 
I hope you're having a good holiday week. Oh, and uh, there's a bunch of other cool stuff on RPA. Check it out. <laughs>